Amen. Amen. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. All right. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you for all your provision. We thank you, Lord God, for your tithes and offering that are coming into this place. We pray that, Lord God, that you would multiply it, that you would multiply the work of our hands, and that you would bless it. And I thank you for each person here and their giving. And I just praise you, Lord, and I know you have special blessings for each one. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. If you don't have the church app on your phone, you can check it out. The church app, easy to download. Amen. <clears throat> For all those that are listening. I am out of paper again. Need to go and buy another notepad because I have filled another one. Almost perfect timing. Almost made it to the end of the year. <laughs> so, the title of this, today's sermon is Real Encounters with God. Real Encounters with God. My glasses are kind of messed up, so bear with me. <clears throat> I'll tell you a couple stories I wrote down here of real encounters with God. One is a story from Charles Spurgeon. He tells of a man who would come to the chapel to go there just to listen to the music. To the singing. But when the pastor got up, he didn't want to hear the preaching, so he would put his fingers in, the, in his ears while the pastor was preaching the word. Well, one day while the pastor was preaching, an insect landed on his face, and when he pulled his finger out of his ear, he heard the pastor say, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Can you imagine that timing, huh? He didn't want to hear the pastor pray. When he pulled his finger out of the ears at that same moment, the pastor said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And from that moment on, that man listened to God's word, and God met him and brought him to salvation through that. I'll tell you another story from a missionary. That, that was a real experience from God, a real encounter from God just for that man. It was perfect timing, and God's timing is always perfect. Here's another story, sad but a true story. It was a missionary to Africa. 
many, many years ago. He told of a woman who would come to uh, services every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and she would come to her services, to the services every Sunday at 9. And she would bring her dog with her. And her dog would sit right next to her on the outside of the aisle. And at the end of every service, she would come down to the aisle to pray at the altar, and her dog would come with her. She lived with an abusive man who would beat her severely because of her Christian views. That man actually killed his wife, or that woman, because of those views. And in, because they lived in Africa at that time of year, there was never any law enforcement, so the man was never arrested. But every Wednesday, the dog would leave his home around 7 o'clock on Wednesday and come back at 9. And then on Sunday morning, the dog would leave at 9 in the morning and come back around noon. And this happened every week. To the man's curiosity and intrigue, he decided one day that he would follow the dog. He followed the dog to the church one Sunday morning where the dog sat next to the pew of the woman. And at the end of the service, the dog went down to the altar where the woman would pray and the dog would wait. And then the dog would leave. And the dog did that every Wednesday and every Sunday. The man was so touched by what the dog has done that he ended up giving his life to Christ and repenting of his terrible things that he's done. That was a real encounter with God. And it shows you that God can use anything. We know in the Bible that he used a donkey. And he spoke through a donkey. Here he used the dog. To reach even one of the hardened, one of the most hardened persons out there. Those are both true stories. This morning... Before church, my wife and I listened to a video of a man named Joshua Salomon who had a real experience with God. He said that he would go out and he would be praying for people and he knew that they would not be healed. He knew that he was missing something. And that if he prayed, the sick wouldn't get healed. So one day he said, God, I can't do this anymore. So he diligently started seeking God. He said that he would go to a place, and I can't remember what it was, but it, where, or where it was, but he would pray from morning till dawn, dusk till dawn, or dawn till dusk, and he would pray. 
and he would seek God. And weeks went by. He said months went by. But one day, something happened. He said that as he was praying, all of a sudden, everything disappeared in the room. And there was Jesus standing there. And he said that he didn't even have to even speak. He said that the light shone through Jesus, but he was getting so much information from that encounter with Jesus, even though Jesus wasn't speaking, that he just reached out his hand and light beamed upon him. And it changed his life forever. Listening to all these stories and hearing these brings back memories of when Jesus spoke to me. And we all know where, and I won't repeat it. But it brings back the times when I myself had a real encounter with Jesus. And as Christians and believers, we should never just settle You know, I wrote down here, because I'm kind of off my notes, but we should never settle to just know about Jesus. But we should know Jesus. Not know about him. There is a big difference in knowing about someone or something than actually having your own experience or knowing something. There's a huge difference. Amen? There's something about knowing Jesus than knowing about Jesus. Knowing about Jesus is good. Knowing that Jesus went about healing or hearing that Jesus is going about healing, and then there's a difference between knowing that and then experiencing that. There's a difference between knowing that Jesus healed the leopard, returned sight to the blind, then there is the difference of knowing that Jesus healed you from leprosy or gave you sight. There's a difference. When you experience for yourself, is what brings the real change. I heard Joshua Solomon say this morning that he didn't want to hear about God from others, he wanted to hear God for himself. He got to the point in his life where he said, God, you'll have to tell me. You can't send me out on this great call without telling me yourself. I don't want to go out on somebody else's word. I want to go out on your word. And I guess that's where I'm going today. Because when we started this church, 
I told my wife, my wife pretty much that same thing. I said, I don't want to live on somebody else's anointing or somebody else's coattails. I, God has a direction for us, and he's going to tell us. Remember? I want to hear from my own ears the revelation of God for us, for this church, for myself. I don't want to, I don't want to live on somebody else's revelation. Because that's not mine. That's not yours. And you don't have to live on somebody else's revelation either. Because Jesus went to the cross. He was resurrected the third day. On the day that he went to the cross and died, it says that the veil was torn in two. Well, you know what that means? That means that Jesus made a way for you to go into the Holy of Holies without having a mediator or a middleman or someone in between. For you, you can go there yourself. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, we want to put it up on the board. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, let's say that together, for everyone, let's say it, everyone, who does everyone include? All, everyone. That means you, me. For everyone or all who seek, and for all who ask receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. In that scripture, it goes on to say, would, would a father give a child a snake? No. God's not going to give us any, any snake, anything that we ask of him. It's going to be good. But there's a key there. We have to seek, and we have to ask, and we have to knock. And in this case, Joshua Solomon was seeking. He was asking and he was knocking. He was pressing in to God and to Jesus. And it didn't happen overnight. But if you keep pressing in, if you keep knocking, then Jesus will meet you wherever you are. He will never fail you or forsake you. He will always be with you right to the very end. That was his promise to his disciples. But every time that Jesus encountered somebody, their lives were changed dramatically. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, I wrote down here, it says, not only when we seek God diligently with all our heart, when we set our minds to seek God diligently with all our heart, it says that He, I don't know what that is either. Hebrews eleven six, It says that without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly Seek Him. There is a reward 
for those who are earnestly seeking Jesus, who are earnestly seeking God. And you know what that reward is? That reward is an encounter with Jesus himself that changes the lives of you and of the believer dramatically. That changes your life and you will never be the same. When you diligently seek God, and that's something that we have to examine ourselves. Are we diligently seeking God with all our heart, all our strength, all our soul? Are we loving God like the, like the greatest commandment says? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. Are we exhausting ourselves to the point where we can't go on any longer? Because right when we get to that point where we can't go any longer is when Jesus shows up. Is when Jesus picks you up and carries you the rest of the way. Every time. Every time. And it's without fail. Because Jesus never fails. God cannot fail. He is not a failure. That reward is knowing Jesus. Building off of who Jesus really is. Knowing him. As a friend and not a foe. And there, there's so much more of him that we could know and that is available for us if we diligently seek him. I mean, I write these scriptures not just for you. I mean, this word comes right to me because God is speaking to me about this. I've got to repent of my earnestness of seeking Jesus. Because I know it could be better. Because I know that the real change comes when Jesus shows up. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you can't help be, but to be changed. It changed my life. Years and years ago, totally changed my life. And I cannot, the glory goes all to Jesus, all to God. That's where the glory goes, and it always will go there. Because my life has never been the same. Every life that Jesus encountered, every person, think about it, in the Bible, every story that you read, their lives were changed. And you can go all the way back. All the way back. To even Joseph, Mary. Think of how Mary's life was changed. As a mother. Submitting to God's will. To birth the Savior of the world. Changed her whole life. There is a song. Mary wrote a song. Zechariah. You know, Zechariah, Elizabeth whose babies leapt, baby John leapt in her womb. When Mary showed up, and just when John was born, and everybody was around, and, and Elizabeth said, I'm going to name the baby John. And then they said, her relatives were like, you can't name the baby John. There's nobody in the family whose name is John. No, the child shall be, be made be known as John. And then Zechariah was like panicking, give me something to write on, give me something to write on, because remember, God shut his mouth. 
The angel shut his mouth until the baby was born. And he wrote John down. And then all of a sudden, Zechariah breaks out in prophecy. Can we go there, Joe, to Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through 79? Think about this song. His, Zach, his father, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. This is what he prophesied. This is amazing. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Think about this. Jesus wasn't even born yet. Jesus wasn't even born yet. Zechariah is prophesying this. And he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. That is an amazing song, an amazing prophecy by Zechariah. That is because of an encounter with a holy God that you just busted out of prophecy. Many other examples have happened because of that. You can go, and, and Joe doesn't have this on here, but in Acts chapter 6, Acts, Acts chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 6, I believe. Let's see here. It's actually Acts chapter 16. I'll get there in a minute, Joe. But even his disciples, all of their lives were changed. Jesus' disciples, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. Their lives were never the same. The lady at the well, when Jesus told them all about her, she went and told the whole city. It changed her life forever. The lepers that Jesus healed 
went up and embraced. And he instantly, the man was healed. He was cleansed. And his disciples were telling him, whoa, 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 he's a leper. Still, Jesus showed him love and mercy and kindness. And it changed that man's life forever. Think of the man at the, at, in the, in the Gardenese who was demon-possessed with over 2,000 demons. Changed his life forever. And that man went on to change many lives because of what Jesus did, because of a real encounter with Jesus. And here you have the Apostle Paul who goes to Lydia's house in uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 11. Lydia's conversion in Philippi, Philippi from Trous we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. The next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there for several days. It says, on the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there, to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Theatar, whatever, Theatire, named Lydia, a, de a dealer in purple cloth. She was a businesswoman, right? And purple in that day, in Romans' days, was royalty. The Romans would come and, and buy this, this, these garments that Lydia would make. She was a worshiper of God, it says. So in other words, she believed in the God of Israel, but she didn't yet know him. But she believed in him. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. It says that means that means she was changed. Because when the Lord opens your eyes or opens your heart, immediately there's a change. When she and the members of her household were baptized, there's your change. What did she do? The Lord opened her heart. He met her out there when Paul and Silas were preaching to the women. And her heart responded to the message. And then she asked Paul and Silas to come back to her house and baptize the whole family. You know, praise God. That's a life-changing moment. And then she said, come and stay at my house. And they, she persuaded them to stay because her life was changed because of a real encounter with Jesus, because of the message that Paul and Silas preached. Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, changed, if we read on, 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 on uh, verses 16 down through, we know, we know the story. I'll paraphrase it with you. 
Paul, where was he at when this was taking place? Might have been in the same area. He says, once we were going to the place of prayer where we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future, she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. Witchcraft, huh? Fortune-telling, witchcraft. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you how and the way to be saved. And it says that she kept on doing this for many, many days. Paul, discerning that this was not of God, rebuked her, and he cast out the demon that was in her. Well, the men who were in charge of the woman who was the fortune teller got upset, says in the Bible. And they had Paul and Silas beaten and flogged and then thrown in jail. They had it done publicly. And while they were in jail, it says that Paul and Silas were singing hymns. And it says that all of the prisoners were listening. Then all of a sudden, a violent, shaking earthquake took place, and all of the prison doors were opened, and all of the chains were broken off, all of the prisoners. Knowing that the guard who was in charge, knowing that this take place, was about ready to fall upon a spear, because, you know, he would have been put to death anyways. He was about ready to fall on a spear when Paul shouted out, No, we are all still here. Don't do it. And Paul and Silas ended up leaving, leading the prison guard who was in charge of that whole prison to salvation. Not only that, but Paul and Silas, that, that event changed that man's life so drastically, that real encounter with God changed him so drastically that that Roman soldier, who was high in ranking, took Paul and Silas, cleaned up all of their wounds, took them to his house, got all of it, and then Paul preached the gospel message to them, got all of his whole family saved and believing in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and then they were also, not only that, but then they were also let free. The magistrate came over and let them out free. And Paul saying, no, I'm a Roman soldier and you beat me publicly. And Silas publicly, we're Roman citizens. And you beat us publicly. You come down and escort us out of prison. And they did that with Paul and Silas and they encouraged them not to come back. <laughs> But I'm telling you, it's the real encounters with Jesus that changes people's lives. These are just some examples of that in the Bible. And there's many, 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 many encounters. Many, many, many examples where Jesus' life changed the lives of others. Not only that, but it is still happening today. Jesus is still in the, in the business of changing people's lives. Amen? He is. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus can change our lives. Amen? If we seek Jesus hard enough with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, Jesus will show up. We have to, we have to ask ourselves, 
Are we really seeking Jesus with all our heart, all our strength, all our soul? You know, as a, as a, as a football player when in high school, you know, and, and as a team, you would, they would tell you, leave everything you got on the field. Are we leaving everything we got on the field for Jesus? Do you leave everything you got on the field for Jesus? I'll be honest. There's so much more in me than, than, than what I've left. I know I have not left everything on the field for Jesus. Every, all my strength, all my soul. I know there's more in me. You know, there's more in me that I need to give over to Jesus every day. Every day. I know I've got more strength in me. I've got more devotion. I can do, I can be seeking him more diligently, daily. <clears throat> I was just going to say something, but I won't. <laughs> but I know, and you know the ones who love you the most who live with you can tell you the truth. They know too. Because they live with you and they see it. So my encouragement to you is, if you want a real encounter, if you, if you want a real encounter with Jesus, and, and at some point your lives are going to get there, because at some point you're really going to need them. There's going to be times in our lives when we go through life where it's like everything seems like it's coming down on you, and you don't know which way to go or where to turn, and the only place to go or where to turn is to Jesus, is to God, that you're going to sit there and you're going to diligently seek Him. And when you do, He will show up. He will show up. I, my prayer is that you don't wait too long. My prayer is that we can have that now. It's available for us now. We don't have to get to the point in our lives where we're at such desperation that we need an encounter with Jesus or else we could die or other things or we can lose everything. We can, we can prepare. We can plan ahead. We can be ready. We can have that experience today, you know, with Jesus. And that's what my encouragement would be for you is for you not to wait till you're at those points in your life but to have that relationship with God now, have to know who Jesus is, to diligently seek Him now, how much greater reward do you think we would get when we seek Jesus when we're doing good than when we seek Jesus when things aren't going our way? You know, when we're praising God and, and shouting and worshiping to God when things are going great. We need to do that when they're going great. We need to do that when they're not going so great. And we need to do that when they're not going good at all. Amen? Amen. We need to be praising and thanking and worshiping God all the time in our lives. Amen? For all our blessings, because we have so many blessings. And God is faithful and just. Amen? And God will always be with you forever. He will not quench out a seeking heart. He will not extinguish even the smallest of flames, he says. Even an ember can be relit. Even an ember can turn into a flame. 
Amen? And those flames can light other flames because those flames send out other embers and can start other fires in other places and in other people's lives. Amen? So, Father, I just praise you and thank you for this day. I pray, Lord God, for your word. Lord God, anything that's of you, Lord God, would just sink into our hearts. And anything that's of the flesh, Lord God, of myself, would just die away. Lord God, and I pray, Father, for this day that you would bless your people. Bless those that hear your word and respond to your word. Bless those that uh, receive you with a, with a cheerful heart. Lord, and I pray that we would all seek you diligently to have a real encounter with Jesus that is life-changing. Lord God, we need that. We need that. We need a life-changing. Lord God, we need a turning to you with all our hearts, with all our strength, all our souls. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.